Hello, everyone, and welcome to MedTeach On The Go, your quick podcast with pragmatic tips for helping your medical teaching. I'm Dr. Jennifer Middleton, the Director of Faculty Development at Ohio Health. Today is January 13th, 2021, and our topic for today revolves around supporting our people of color in our medical education programs, recognizing the impact of the, quote, invisible tax that people of color often experience, and exploring practical strategies to be upstanders and allies. My very special guest today is Dr. Nanette LaQuesta. Dr. LaQuesta is the System Program Director for Physician Diversity Initiatives at Ohio Health. She's the director of the Physician Diversity Scholars Program and also an associate program director and a very skilled family physician, and I'm fortunate to call her colleague at the Riverside Methodist Hospital Family Medicine Residency Program. Welcome, Dr. LaQuesta. Thank you. I'd like to start our podcast off today by um, having you explain to us just briefly the importance of recognizing the impact of microaggressive comments um, relative sometimes to the intent. So I think sometimes when these comments are made, the intent behind them is not necessarily malicious, but the impact to a person of color can still be significant. Sure. So, you know, just briefly, you know, a microaggression is something, um, it's like an everyday insult, an indignity, or a demeaning message that can be directed at any marginalized group. Um, for our purposes today, we're focusing on people of color. But, you know, the the impact, um, you'll hear us talking about impact over intent. And what I'd really like for people to uh, challenge themselves to do is when they find themselves in a situation where perhaps they have been the microaggressor and they've committed the microaggression, is that they consider, um, you know, restraining themselves from saying, oh, you know, I didn't intend to hurt you. It wasn't my intent to offend you. It wasn't my intent to make you feel a certain way. And to, to, instead of looking internally at our intent, to focus on what impact our words may have had on that person that experienced the microaggression. I think that that is the most important thing that we can do as educators is to really focus on impact of the learner and making a safe learning environment for that learner and steering away from the intent of the microaggressor. Thank you. And you gave us several examples during today's webinar, which was outstanding. And I highly recommend, if you have the time, listeners, to go check it out. It's on the MedTeach on the Go uh, website, medteachonthego.com. Um, you gave several examples of how persons of color can experience that invisible tax from feeling a sense of isolation if they are the only person of their cultural background um, in a room and setting, from potentially being feared uh, due to assumptions made about size or culture, um, from feeling that they have to serve as a cultural ambassador for their entire culture to a population. Can you give us some specific examples of kind of some of those common phrases and things that happen that we should be on the lookout for as educators? Sure. So, um, you know, I referred in the webinar to some of those things as taxes um, that people of color or POCs um, experience. And so, you know, one would be, um, you know, asking a POC to serve on a task force or to, um, 
moderate or even participate in conversations to represent their demographic. Um, because anytime um, a, a population is valued as a monolith, it decreases the value on diversity and in individual experiences. Um, and so, and, and it can be a very um, heavy burden on a person of color to feel like they are the cultural ambassador. Another example um, in that sense of isolation of being the only, um, you know, would be, you know, you enter a space that is predominantly white and automatically um, there may be some feelings of, you know, intimidation or do I belong here? What pressure do I have in order to prove self-deserving to even be present? Um, and so that is another um, example of attacks. Um, you know, another thing that POCs experience is the anticipation of microaggressions. And so that is, um, you know, an emotional tax because there's this heightened sense and preparation um, and, you know, just the the preparation for that, the anxiety of having the sense that you're about to be microaggressed. You know, if that occurs multiple times a day, every day, over years, you know, it's similar to a trauma response, which is the reason why, you know, racism has been identified as a public health crisis, because that sense of, you know, trauma and repeated, um, you know, sense of anxiety, um, it really can manifest in physical ways, um, not just decreasing your concentration as a learner, but I mean, as we know, as, as physicians, that it can have negative impacts, you know, in many ways on your body um, and your blood pressure, and um, increasing risk in your cardiovascular health and beyond. So, you know, it, it is just like the cumulative effect of these little everyday insults that maybe, you know, you notice um, in a situation or over a week, but if you consider a person of color um, has been experiencing bias and microaggressions even as early as, you know, preschool, <laughs> the cumulative effect of that piling up day after day after day um, undoubtedly is going to have an effect on our learners that we should be attuned to. Yeah, I mean, certainly those microaggressions may be isolated incidents, but and may seem small potentially in the moment, you know, uh, to those of us through a white lens, but the cumulative effect of them over time is tremendous and makes our responsibility to intervene and, again, maintain that safe learning environment um, of paramount importance. So let's talk about how to be an ally, how to be an upstander. And one of the things I really liked that you did in the webinar was emphasize the importance of establishing a safe educational environment over everything else, over educating um, potentially the microaggressor whether that is a patient, another staff member, a peer, the most important thing is immediately reestablishing safety for that learner. You gave us uh, several excellent frameworks that I encourage our listeners to check out in the webinar to provide a way to react to these in a supportive way, which sometimes we can not feel like we know exactly what to say or what to do. So there's some great tools in the webinar. Dr. LaQuesta talked about the action framework, the open the front door framework, the XYZ framework, all of which are really great ways to kind of give you a little bit of scripting so that you do feel like you can be an upstander and an ally. I would also um, love for you just to talk to us a little bit more about the last model that you shared with us, which comes from Crucial Conversations. 
Sure. So, you know, it's it's something that, you know, is adapted from crucial conversations just to interrupt and to use facts and demonstrate the concern for the situation. So, you know, um, I like to think of it as fact, fact, fact. I am concerned. Help me understand. So then you just fill it in. So the facts are the observations of like, here Here are the facts, not the feelings, just the facts of the cold, hard facts of what I observed happen. And then you state what your concern is. Um, and then you just ask for understanding for the situation. So, you know, for example, you know, I noticed that um, you asked the black medical student repeatedly to do non-clinical tasks, such as find the patient's glasses or to help the patient order lunch, and that you did not ask the white medical student to do that several days in a row. I'm concerned that the student's educational experience is being compromised. Can you help me understand? And then you wait. <laughs> and you wait, and then you wait, you wait for the, that is the hardest part is really the waiting and not filling it in yourself. It's really, what are the facts? What's your concern? And then ask for understanding. And, you know, with those other frameworks that you briefly mentioned, the commonalities between them is, you know, here are, here's what I observed. Here are the facts. You know, I'm coming to you with a concern um, and you're and you're responding with curiosity. You want more information. You want to understand more. It helps to kind of open that conversation. So, you know, in that model of fact, 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 I am concerned, help me understand is great. But, you know, if there are instances where something happens and it's so egregious that you don't even know what to say or you're so taken aback, um, which has happened to me, right? Like I, I, I teach people how to respond to microaggressions, and even I have been so taken aback in a situation by what is happening that I don't even know what to say. So, you know, what is it that you say when you don't know what to say? Again, if what we're going to do is reestablish um, psychologic safety for that educational environment, if you can just interrupt the microaggression and remove the student or the resident um, or the, or your colleague, whoever it is, from that situation to establish safety. That's what you can do, and it can. It's as easy as, you know, I'm uncomfortable. Can you repeat what you just said? Can we take a minute? I want to understand. Or you know, that's not okay. You know, like those are all just examples of things that you can just stop, interrupt the microaggression, reestablish safety. Bonuses if you can get you know more information to talk about it. But you know, again establishing safety for the learner and for yourself is paramount. Uh, that's really excellent framework um, to use in this and any other situation where potentially you need to have a difficult, crucial conversation. You wrapped up today's session on the webinar, giving us some advice about what if we get called out after inadvertently committing a microaggression. And I, again, this importance of recognizing that the impact of what is said is ultimately of higher importance and is not negated by a lack of negative intent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it will happen. It happens to everyone. It happens to me. Um, and so, you know, my advice is if you are the microaggressor, if you make a mistake and you say something um, and you automatically think, oops, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't want to say that. The first thing that you do if you get, if it gets pointed out to you is to listen to the other person. Listen to the person who is putting themselves out there for the greater good <laughs> to point out that you just committed a microaggression. Listen, then apologize. I'm sorry. You know, and, and it's okay to say what you're to. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't intend to hurt you. 
but don't dwell on your intent because it's not really about your intent. It's more about the impact on the other person. It's like, you, I'm sorry. I am sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I offended you. And you apologize. And then what you do is you need to, um, you know, you need to learn from it. And what that means is to take that situation and reflect on it. Talk about it with somebody else, not the person that you microaggressed, typically, uh, because, again, you don't want to put the tax of having to, you know, rehash the situation or to repeatedly apologize. Um, you know, I'm so sorry I did this. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because then what that does is that puts the tax on the person that you microaggressed. They feel like, okay, they're not going to stop talking about this unless I absolve them of their mistake. And they say, it's okay. I know you didn't mean it. And that's really not that's really not the goal. It's really to focus on the impact of the other person, not put more on them. Don't make it about you, <laughs> and learn from it, um, and and force yourself into reflection. That was wonderful advice. And again, the webinar has even more um, outstanding tips and ideas to help you learn more about this topic. I encourage you to go check it out at medteachonthego.com. My uh, deep, deep thanks and gratitude to Dr. LaQuesta for being willing to sh show expertly and um, with a lot of vulnerability, share her experiences and help us all to be better educators and better allies. This is Dr. Jennifer Middleton with Ohio Health saying thank you for joining us for another MedTeach on the go.